So I've been kind of curious about this since Ryan's been talking about it, and it's just something I should have watched by now, but now Glenn's watched it, so I, I want to hear from the two of you. You both have watched Four Hours at the Capitol. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about a porn. What porn? A porn? A porn? Yeah, I don't know. That's all I talk about. There Which we go. Which porn did you watch that Glenn has not seen? <laughs> That's what? what I was curious about. I thought I thought Glenn had seen a porn that I was talking about. But I like that it confused you that long. Yeah, I, I am just. Well, there we I go. don't know that you've really talked about any specific porn. You do talk uh, about porn in general. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, you haven't really thrown any titles. Hmm. I don't watch because por- they don't. I, I don't watch porn with Ryan. No. <laughs> yeah. One, one of the guys maybe in our fantasy football maybe league. Maybe we should. Maybe we. I mean, I'm. The, no. <laughs> one of the guys in our fantasy football league who his you know his nickname has always been Cobra. This year, his team name every week it changes and it's. Cobra does, and it's a different porn. Yeah, and uh, he he and, picked, and, and he missed an opportunity to Photoshop Cobra Commander banging all these women. Yeah. But uh, I, I've actually like some of those girls he's he's put <laughs> in his team name. I knew a lot of them, and the ones I didn't know, I went and looked up, and they weren't the ones I didn't know weren't very impressive. Like I was disappointed in them. I can't remember the one that kind of it was. She was too plasticky. I don't like plastic. I like real curvy. You know, I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I'm pr- I prefer real too. Anyway, back to politics. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I did not know. <laughs> leave Tomax and Zaymon. <laughs> so I didn't know anything about that this was coming out. I just, again, when you have HBO, sometimes shit just pops up. So I saw Four Hours at the Capitol. It was about the uh, insurrection on January 6th. I keep avoiding it for some reason because I keep it's, thinking it's going to be four hours long. Yeah. It's not. It's only an hour and 20 minutes. And when I say, like, it flies by, I mean, like, it flies by. It, yes. Whoever directed this or edited it, is a, is a master ja- Jamie Roberts. It's amazing. It it's so fast paced, and very very well done. And um, it's basically about the he directed the rise of Rupert Murdoch. Hmm. Oh, so yeah. Uh, apparently on January sixth, the Trump supporters who were upset about him not winning the election were planning a protest that the election was stolen, and. They, was it called the Stop the Steal rally? Yeah, yeah, and they did a really good job, I thought, of establishing what went wrong. Whereas, like, at the very beginning of, like, before people were really even there, it was the Proud Boys who started everything. And it was kind of weird because it was like, as they were, like, storming the Capitol, it was like they didn't really know what they were doing. Well, yeah, I remember as it happened, one of my coworkers said, this is like the dumbest coup ever. Like they stormed the Capitol and they didn't know what to do once right, they got like, in there, like, so they just started taking selfies. Right, like they 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 were just trying to, <laughs> or uh, as we like to call it, evidence. <laughs> they're just trying to express how pissed off they were about things, and they just decided to riot. Which I mean, that happens. But then, but but where they took it to, it's like they were trying to make a point. But then when they got to the point where they could maybe make a statement, they just were like. Uh, okay, I don't know what to do. And it got dangerous, like terrifyingly dangerous. And no better example of the fact that they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. At one point, it I didn't realize how dangerous it got for the, the police officers. And at one point, there's this like the the hallway where the president walks out during the inauguration. Oh, that that was crazy. Right. Like so they're the insurrectionists are, are storming this one little area, hundreds of people pushing, trying to break through, like, basically 50 cops. And one particular cop who had just gotten to the front lines to try and relieve some of the guys who'd been there for hours fighting. He's been in the news a lot, this guy. He he kind of, like, got pulled into the crowd. And they started fucking him up. And you see it. Like, he's getting tased in the neck. And he's getting 
punched and he's freaking out and he he basically said you know I, I know at this point because I got pulled from my office I'm going to die and he said he basically screamed out loud that you know please don't kill me I have kids and like all of them like like a light bulb switch and they're like oh yeah we got we can't kill this guy and once he said that they all like sort of helped him and got him back up to the cops and they've they've drug him to the which back. is like a perfect example that they they didn't realize they what didn't, they were doing and like still to this day they don't a lot of them don't understand that what they did was a riot yeah, like they just were just protesting. But there's, but there's a lot a of, but it's a lot of irony. Like again, it's I'm not gonna dick measure over right. different things. But like Ryan's saying, you can see, you can very clearly see where in most things that become riots, where the, the emotional tension leads mm-hmm. and, and where it explodes at, doesn't make it right, you know, whatnot. But you can understand the frustration in most situations. The problem with this one is that it happens in a place where. If you're worried about freedom, you threatened freedom at that point. You you threatened the very democracy you're trying to protect. And at the same time, like that the one of the cops I saw one of his testimonies and he's like, I'm watching people with blue lives matter flags beat the shit out of cops. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not I don't want to again, we don't like to get political. We're we're I like to fuck with things. And I just I like I like to make fun of people. This is what I do. And here's my favorite part. I, I, this isn't political. I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm pro-Biden or pro-Trump. I just love the fact that a militant pro-Trump paralyzed man was helped to the top of the Capitol to riot. And then once they dispersed and the police made them all leave, they, yeah, they right. left the paralyzed motherfucker on the top of the Capitol. And he's basically like recording himself saying, well, I'm the last guy here. And, and then, he was on, on like, top of a staircase he's and he couldn't get that. <laughs> and then the best part is he's like, and then... The, this one cop had the nerve to say, I guess I gotta carry your fucking ass down now. And I was like, Yeah, I'd be pretty pissed off that I gotta carry your ass down the, the fucking Capitol steps now. But that that actually made me giggle. No, the the thing that I thought that I really liked about the way this documentary was put together was it interviewed officers and interviewed the the rioters and it's yeah. you know, they're all telling their stories, but it's intercut with footage from their phones and footage from the body cams. So it's like, I mean, I don't think you can get any more unbiased than just no, like, a body I, cam. I really loved how, um, and they, I mean, and, and as the people were kind of explaining their side of what was going on, the body cam was showing what actually happened. Right, and they but, didn't but always it's match. Also, it's what irritates me too is that, like you're talking about the, the the concept of bias, majority of of people in law enforcement vote conservatively. Oh yeah, they were doing their jobs that day, so no matter what side of the aisle you land on. These people, like like when you, when you interview someone and they say, this was messed up, I, I, you know, that day was a really hard day, that shouldn't have happened, da 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 I, I thought they did a good job. Like, they were very unbiased. They showed the Trump supporters, the ones who stormed the Capitol, and they interviewed them, and they basically said, yeah, you know, we... One guy was like, re- he, was a, he was a smart guy. He was basically saying, you know, I know people who had their votes, like, cast aside and stolen. I don't know how truthful it is, but... It's not at all. I mean, whatever. But, like... They let these people tell their stories. It's like the the director said, "All right, you tell us why you did what you did," and they did. And they they didn't they didn't edit it. They didn't try and make them look at like villains or heroes. They just simply said, "Look, you say what you did, why you did it, and we'll just put it out there." And that's what they did. Um, I, I thought it was very well done. Um, I really liked it. Um, so did I. I and it, like you said, it flew by. Now, um, if you're squeamish, there's a shot of somebody with a giant hole in their face that kind of freaked me out a little. Yeah, somebody got shot with a rubber rubber bullet that went through his cheek. Jeez. Yeah. Um, 
But then, you know, he was, you know, eventually smoking weed on the Congress floor with you know, some QAnon people at, by yeah, the end. So Yeah, I mean, some of the smoke did come out of that hole in his cheek. But um Did you did you see any of the video of the when when JFK Jr. was supposed to come back? I saw a little bit of that. They didn't really go into too much with the QAnon guys. Um, they did. They did show the freak and the Viking. Yeah, helmet. they basically said that it was it was the Proud Boys and the QAnon people that really fucked everything up. And then they got there. Like apparently, Trump was still talking at his rally when they started marching at the Capitol. So when Trump finished, his thousands and thousands of you know semi sane people who were leaving to go to the Capitol saw all this and just like they were in, they just joined in. And it was like they were just enticed to join in what was going on, and that's what started everything. But, and I, so, I don't know. I love some of the interviews with the police officers. Yes. Like that that one guy that was with the freak in the Viking helmet. He's like, there was you know twenty of them, and I'm by myself. So he's like, I was just walking trying to talk them, and you know don't do anything crazy. Because like when they showed the freak in the Viking helmet screaming, and he's like, oh come on man, don't get up there. Yeah, no, come on. It just, was, just let's just go to a different. It was room. very surreal, and it's like him trying to talk this guy down, and he, he's like, I, I didn't have a weapon. There's ten of them. I know I had no chance. So I'm just trying to kind of pretend to be his buddy and kind of talk yeah. him into leaving. Kind of. It's worth a watch. It's on HBO, so you can get it on HBO uh, Max. It's like an hour and twenty minutes, and it flies right by. Cool. Well, I went to the the motion picture house, and uh, I saw the last night in Soho. Directed by, written and directed by Edgar, Edgar Wright, Wright, yeah. Um, which was kind of weird. Like, I, you're used to seeing Edgar Wright with, I guess, with, with a bunch of different types of movies, but this was kind of a. The the trailer makes it look kind of like a horror, with more of like, like a, I guess, a supernatural thriller. It reminds me of Stir Up Echoes a little bit in tone. Um, well, then that's a perfect movie. Is he supposed to but, dig? <laughs> um, it follows this young girl who, uh, basically, her mom was a, was a into the fashion industry in England when she was young and she basically committed suicide and they established pretty early on that the girl like sees her mother and they, they don't really set it firmly about whether or not the girl just, you know, has some mental issues or she actually can see the ghost of her mom. So the girl gets into like fashion college in, in England and she goes and she's you know a little bit awkward and whatnot. So she has trouble relating to some of these, you know, Kardashian obsessed girls that are in the, the fashion place. So she, instead of living in the dorm room, she decides to move and find an apartment. So she f- goes to this apartment that's uh, run by Diana Rigg. Uh, and she's like, you know, no boys in here and you know, all this kind of stuff. And while she's laying in bed, she keeps having these flashbacks into 60s London of this girl that used to live in the room. And you kind of, you know, she starts living these these the, the life of this girl who wanted to be a singer. Um. And very quickly, it starts to, like, she, she goes from, like, she's idolizing this girl, like, I want to be like her. She changes her look and everything like that, to starting to see some sinister things that happen to this girl. And it becomes this big mystery that uh, eventually manifests itself, and you don't know whether or not she's just crazy or if she's just, you know, really connected to something supernatural. So I, don't, I won't ruin anything for you, but this movie was fucking awesome. Cool. Sweet. Um I really, really liked it. It's very stylized. Uh Matt Smith's awesome in it. Uh Anna Taylor Joy's awesome in it. I, I was worried because when I saw the trailers, it reminded me of Mulholland Drive. Hmm. I can I can see that. Uh but it, it is definitely not. Like, but you knew I, what you were watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I watched that movie twice and I still don't know what it's about. Well, I mean, like I said, if you, I know how much you like Stir of Echoes, that's kind of what it, it reminded me of the most. Not necessarily a horror movie, but more of a thriller. And uh, yeah, it, it it was really really good. The the direction's excellent. Like I said, the, the performances are great. 
And the girl, she was in, uh, what's her name? Thomason McKenzie. She plays Eloise. She was in jo- uh, Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah, she's excellent in it. It's it just, it's a really, without giving anything away, a, a really good if you want a good night out at the movies with some popcorn like we I, by the end of it like Heather was just like I, I can't like, I, she's like I'm, I'm so obsessed with this movie now and I'm, I'm like yeah I want to kind of want to go see it again but it, it was one of those things where it gets you so wrapped up in the world that you're not trying to look or figure it out you're just trying to go along for That's the ride cool. yeah. and as a result I really really liked it so I'd give this an eight and a half hands down it's really good it's like you was being attacked <laughs> you, you alright Ryan? I'm good okay got the whiskey on your head it's a Brad Pitt move from Ocean's Eleven. Oh, well, you know. I stole it from him. Well, why was he doing it? Because it's very comfortable. Okay. If you take a cold uh, uh, you know, cocktail glass and just rest it on your cheek while you're drinking, it's just very relaxing. But you, did you have a headache that prompted this? Or no, just, it's just, know, I saw him nice. do it, and I was like, if Brad Pitt does it, I'm going to give it a try. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then he found Jennifer Aniston. So. Um, I mean, in, in, in Fight Club, Brad Pitt did all kinds of things. You going to do some of those? You going to make some soap? <laughs> I'll let one of you guys punch me in the face or wherever you want. Surprise me. You're not your fucking khakis, Ryan. I, just, I just don't want to walk in and see you there with your, your dishwashing gloves on. <laughs> you want to finish her off? <laughs> Three condoms floating in the toilet. So uh, none of us have gotten to see this except for John, but John, you went and watched the latest foray into the MCU. I did. The Eternals. Eternals. I heard it sucked. I don't want to say it sucked exactly. It's way too long. But at the same time, it kind of needed to be long because, I mean, you know, we've talked before about how they did the MCU, they did such a good job with the Avengers because they all had their own movies first for the most part. So when it got together where they were the Avengers, that was it. This is the Eternals. It's the first thing they've ever done. And there's 10 characters. So why would they do this? Because they're all, they're not really separate characters. They're all together. So it's a, it's a also, team. Also, I think too. It's a team, yeah. The reason you can do something like this is because you all you have a bunch of events to pull from. Yeah. And it kind of looks like that in the trailer. Like they're all they they are steeped in this world where Thanos has come and gone. And yeah. So basically, they're they're sent um, this team who's led by the the character that Salma Hayek plays. They all have different powers, and uh, they're sent to to Earth to because there's some other creatures that they call deviants that keep showing up and you know destroying things and killing people. And they're basically sent there to not interfere with humanity but just to defend them from these deviants if they show up um and they're there for thousands of years because they're they're immortal they're eternal immortals um and it gets to the point where they don't think there's any more deviants left but they haven't been called home so Salma Hayek's character says you know what we're still waiting to be called back so go live go live a life somewhere go do what you want to do so they all kind of spread out and uh then it skips ahead to kind of modern day and uh, the the Gemma Chan character um, is a uh, she's a, a a professor in London, and one of these deviants all of a sudden shows up, and then they all start kind of coming back together and trying to figure out what's going on. But there's just there's a lot of characters to introduce, and I liked pretty much all the characters. They were all interesting, but it just it took way too long to do everything. But I think because this movie came out, I think it's done relatively well. I think especially internationally. Internationally, the next movie might be really good. Sounds very similar to a movie we're going to talk about next. Maybe I mean and again, the way you're describing it. And you, well, you said the next movie we were talking about, you were bored. I wasn't bored. I wasn't bored in this. Well, that, that, that's just, good. It just it just it took too long, and it was a. Uh, How long was it? Two hours and forty five minutes. Holy shit! Damn. Yeah, it's it's really long. 
But I mean, again, there's there's the eternal. It's ten of them, and they gotta you know they each have their own powers and each have their own kind of like little subplots and backstories and. And you're kind of learning where they came from and what they're actually doing there, and whether you know the, the reason they were sent there is actually accurate. And I mean, it's it's worth watching. I'll definitely. Wait for Disney Plus. Yeah, you, and you certainly can. I mean, it's it is it looks great. Um, Chloe's it's our the best director. One yeah, ever, right? Ryan, it's, 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 it's better than Nomadland. So um, thumbs yeah. up from Ryan. And uh, I thought all the all they were, everybody was really good in it. Um, Angelina Jolie's character was maybe a little bit wasted like it it could have it didn't need to be somebody as much star power as angelina jolie but she was she was good in the character i found the, the one person that was good is uh, one of the characters named drew again it, and it's um he's the irish kid who was in um what's he's in dunkirk oh, dunkirk the one that's the one that's on the boat that gets like knocked down and gets oh he was in something else he's been in something he's been in something he he's, ca- he's ca- really good he kind of looks like ezra miller kind of and he like he, he steals a lot of his scenes in it kumail Nanjiani is really funny in it and like what he goes in like when when the point where she says you know go love you when you find out what he's been doing it's it's hilarious <laughs> what he's, well, what he's I, been I, doing. it's kind of funny it sounds almost like a bit of an experiment where you talk about the all the other movies being built up and then you had the avengers this is almost like kind of what they did at the at Warner Brothers where they just put everything on screen. Yeah. And it's kind of like I guess it kind of proves that the better way is to kind of do a slow burn. Yeah. And um I mean especially with that many characters cuz I mean Guardians of the Galaxy was a lot of characters and yeah, but it was it wasn't 10, but it wasn't 10. Exactly. Yeah. It was 5, but it was also like I, that's that's the function of a t- more tightly written script. Right. And, it, and it was, but also when you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean like some of those characters is like Rocket and Groot. They were just together. Yeah. Right. So I mean it was like, you know, it was, you know, but this yeah, I mean, I'm glad that it did well money wise because I think with less, you know, explanation needed to who some of these characters are, the next movie could be really good. And I mean, yeah. they. I'll wait for Disney Plus. Yeah, and you certainly can. That way you can pause it something. I mean, it is. Yeah. It's just it's just long. That's that's all, and it's, so, it it does get a little preachy in some points. Uh, some of the stuff that they're trying to protect humanity from, and. You think this like, was on par with any of the TV shows that they've been doing with? Um, since see, uh, it's funny you should mention that because I told a coworker recently that they were like, "Oh, how excited are you to see Eternals?" And I'm like, honestly, I'm more excited for the TV stuff right now, the long form stories because yeah. they're getting the chance to breathe a bit more with those. I'm excited for Hawkeye. I'm excited for. Uh, yeah. I'm getting kind of excited for Spider Man. Oh, I'm so excited for Spider Man definitely. Yeah. I, I'm, you see, a, I'm you see the new poster. I'm a little out. worried that they're building that one up too much. Like, mm. we're we're all expecting to see all these multiverse Spider Mans. Yeah. What if we don't get that? Well, I mean, the, did you see the poster? No. It, it's it's cool. It's got there's uh, a goblin on it. There's a, yeah. There's a goblin. There's um, there's a sandstorm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's an uh, electric yeah. bolt. But I mean, I'd, I'd give Eternals. I'd probably give it about a six and a half. I mean, uh, that's, that's, that's decent. Yeah, it's fun. And, and and again, like it made me want to see another movie with those characters. Now nope. that I know who they all are. Okay. Well, speaking of sandstorms, gotcha. thank you, Glenn, for the setup. Um, sandworms. I am the yeah, last right. person. <laughs> sandworms. I hate them myself. You hate them, right? <laughs> Oh, I, uh, I'm the last person to have gotten to watch this. I actually watched this today, uh, earlier before I, I did lunch. And uh, so I'd kind of seen like Ryan's exchanges, and I, I'd heard kind of John talk about it, and had seen kind of what Glenn had said. So I kind of had that, I guess, to a degree to prepare me. Um, but I've never read the book. I've seen a little bit of me the either. original movie. Never seen the original movie, never you, read the book. You're going to tell them what the hell we're talking about? The movie we're talking about is Dune. Dune. Frank Hebert's Dune. Dude. Now it's important to note that this is part one, and it's 
the first half yeah, of the first Yeah, it's important movie. to note because no one said shit to anyone about it until oh, the movie started. Oh, I, I knew that. I, I, there was nothing in anything saying part one. I didn't even know, I didn't know they were thinking about making another movie or anything. Until, oh, yeah, all right, well, this yeah, is... Right, so th- for everybody who's been seeing all the posters, it just says Dune everywhere, all the ads, and then when the movie starts, it says Dune, and then all of a sudden, part one. And well, so it was so much that like we were watching it. Karen and I watched it kind of late, and we did it a stopping it halfway through because it was late. But when it first started, we were like, oh, part one, maybe this is going to be good like times for us to stop it. And No, nah, no. Nah. There was never a fade to black part two. That was... No, all right, so... Well, but the thing, here's the thing. So, like, the original movie is really long. Uh, I know that a lot of people... It. It's, it's famous. <laughs> it's hard to film. There was a miniseries, and there was also been miniseries about the sequels and whatnot. Um, and I'm sure... Because Glenn was talking about how, like, you went to go look at the audiobook and it was 22 hours worth of It was. Book. It was 22 hours long. Um, it's, a, it's a dense sci-fi book and I knew that I have again I've never read it it's like the Moby Dick of sci-fi books but uh, I kind of just heard like different things about it so I was kind of glad to go into it a little yeah I've always heard that it's just like people describe it kind of like how they used to describe Watchmen where it was like the unfilmable epic thing and uh, I don't know like I kind of feel about this so Ryan kind of tell us what you were were texting to us yeah because I mean let's just map this out like Glenn and Greg are better sci-fi fans than probably me and John. You guys appreciate sci-fi, like hardcore sci-fi. I'd say I'm a little bit more, I can I can tolerate some of it. John's more pop, mainstream sci-fi. You're pop. Yes. So I went into this sort of expecting <laughs> that type of s- stuff. Um, Dennis D- Villanueva, is that his name? <laughs> Denny Villeneuve. I'm going to call him Villanueva. Just he's he's a, French. It's I'm gonna call him Dennis Villanueva. But I think he's a basketball player. But anyway, um, so he directed. It's it's it's, 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 it's right? Villanova. Villanova. Yeah. It's Denny Villeneuve. Even better. He's it's, gonna be. It's Denny Villeneuve. Dennis Villanova. All right. So <laughs> that that's not a name. He directed. We apologize if you ever listen to this. Denny so Mr. Villanova, he directed uh, Blade Runner 2049, which I loved. Yep. But I told Glenn this earlier. I think maybe I loved it so much because I knew the source material. Yeah. I don't know shit about Doom. I mean, he also did um, Arrival and Sicar- which was good in Sicario. And I never saw the Sicario movies. I heard they're good, but but I didn't get to those. You never saw Sicario? No, oh. I told this guy at work the other day, and he lost his. You mind. like Narcos that much? Hey, that's like... exactly what he said. Anyway, and did you see Prisoners? No, when Jake Gyllenhaal and he he did that one too. Um. So this movie, like, I remember Glenn saying he tried to watch it, but he had some some daddy issues where he was taking care of his daughter so he <laughs> that's, that's, that's not what that's people what usually Glenn, say when they say Glenn, daddy Glenn issues Glenn started to become a stripper no, because no, really he, he, has, he has daddy issues he was taking care of his, his daughter and he couldn't really Sa- Sandra wasn't feeling well right, so he, I was, he, I was saying, that's he, what daddy issues off the pole means. Glenn that, that, that's what his daddy issues were he's a daddy and he had issues I don't, I, I, am I wrong get off and, the and, pole and, Glenn will be the title of this episode I mean you guys are throwing in like stripper poles I'm, he, he's, a, he's a daddy a great daddy he had issues well, am I wrong Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, I was taking care of my daughter. There you go. Daddy issues. Anyway, he couldn't pay attention to the movie as closely as he needed to, and you said... I stopped it. He was like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. So I sat on my sofa from beginning to one point, and I'm like, I'm not sure I know what the fuck is going on. So I actually asked my girlfriend, I'm like, all right, this is what I think is going on. She's like, yeah, I think you're right. I'm like, okay. The movie is not very clear on a lot of things. I even talked to Glenn about it. About like the emperor and why is he doing what he's doing? We don't know. And the emperor wasn't and even in the movie. Again, because I'm not familiar with the source oh, material. I, the I didn't know if if I needed to know any of this stuff. Um, here's what I will say: 
If you're a sci-fi fan, you will love this movie. If you're a fan of artistic film, you will love this movie because a lot of the camera, almost all of the camera shots, they're like paintings. Here's what I will tell you, because um, I went into it, you know, expecting it would be a little slow. I didn't find it boring. I found it hypnotic. I yeah. think I, I think I, uh, I I lower the expectations for you. No, a little may, bit. no maybe maybe you did. I, I I'm open to that. But I just found it like it, it was a trance-like state. Like I was experiencing the same thing that that Paul Atreides is is experiencing. So kind of with the the plot of the movies. You just, saw it in the middle of the day, right? I saw it in the morning. Yeah, I watched it at night, and I I said if so I'd, I if I would have went to a theater and saw it, I would have fallen asleep. Well, no, that's, that's why you get your big pib no, with lots I don't of know, oh, the, the sound and everything. And that. Yeah. And I mean, oh, yeah. Like you even said, I'm not as much like sci-fi or whatever. I wasn't like, I wasn't confused by this or lost by this. I wasn't I was, either. Like, I, I, was I, like, like, yeah, I mean, was really I, I, it turns out I wasn't really confused. I just thought I was. I, I was right what I was suspecting, but I just didn't feel like it was very clear on what so was going you, so on. So you want to tell our audience the plot of this movie? I don't really know if I can really <laughs> explain it. I mean, basically, there's this planet, Arrakis. Where they got lots of sand and, and spice. Spice, sand, sand spice and is spice. apparently like the unobtainium to Avatar. Where they're trying to get this well, spice, it can lead spice to space. Spice makes interstellar travel possible, but it's also hallucinogen that's it, sacred to the people that are so native to Iraq. It's like Tony Saturys. We, we gotta, <laughs> that's we, right. If Tony like Saturys if, if could make you travel. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yes, then it would be like just Tony like Tony Saturys. So it's basically, more, Tony it's, more, it's more like slap your mom. And you know what? I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna explain this to people who aren't sci-fi fans. So you got some some very pale bald people, mean bald people who are running Arrakis, stealing all the spice from the Arrakisness people, whoever. They are who live there. Are they the, the, I don't know what they are. <laughs> What's it like? The, was it Freeman? The, cra- the Kramen? It's the blue-eyed people who live on Arrakis. So those are the those the, the Freeman. The, the Fremen. Fremen. The Fremen. The Freeman. The, 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 yeah. the, the Masons. It's almost, so, it's, the almost like it's meant to be vermin. <laughs> the fr- the Freeman. The Freeman Masons. All right. So anyway, Villanueva is free. The Emperor, not Palpatine, Good. calls away the pale, bald, mean people away from Arrakis. Confusing. For, doesn't Uzo. doesn't give them any and really explanation. No, no. Har- Harkonians, led by Stellan Sarsgaard. Yeah. You can't even tell. It's and him. he's all bloated and scarred and something's wrong with him. And he can f- kind of float. He's all bloated. Um, so anyway. And Dave Batista's one of them. That's too. right. One of, one of like his generals. Who's not bloated. Who's very he, buff. Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. I love so, these names. Yeah. So they, they, they pull the, the mean bald people away. <laughs> and it's like, what, like 60 years or some shit? Like, it's many years later, right? When they, it doesn't seem that long. I don't think it's that long. Okay, well anyway, the emperor decides to send... Um, Oscar Isaacs and his people. The Atreides. The, yeah. And I still say Oscar Isaac fucks everything in the galaxy. He's really good in this movie. He's very good. He's good. I mean, like, ask... In general. You know, ask M- Admiral Haldo. He's good. And anyway, so he goes with his people to this planet. Apparently, the Emperor wants him to take control. And the weird thing is, like, they all kind of suspect something. Like, why are we getting sent here? But they go anyway. And turns out... It was like the emperor was sort of setting them up, but you don't really know if it's the emperor setting them no, up. No, no, it, it seems it like it's, it's all—it's all these different, like these different houses that are. And he's uh, what is his what so, is his position? So that he's he's, uh, he's a duke. He's a duke. He's, he's a duke. So dukes are like the military governors of these planets. Right. So he was sent to to curb this one planet, Caladon, um, and which is like a water planet. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a, it looked very nice. Sea and air, like in basically like they. He's, he's a very sweet. He, he's trying to raise his son to be a military leader and all this kind of stuff. But he's like a. He's very well respected, and it seems like the emperor. They they kind of say this. He's Ned. Jealous. He's Ned Stark. Right, and the emperor's yeah. <laughs> a little jealous of him. And uh, we don't correct me if I'm wrong. We don't see the emperor, right? No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, that's a problem. We see his heralds. 
Um, but basically, he he does this whole thing, and you you kind of like it's the Harkins are pulled from. It's kind of like weird for everybody. They don't know why this happened, and it's basically because it's a setup to. And you could tell that like you know Duncan, I'm sorry, Duke Leto, Atreides knows that this is kind of the the case. And he's kind of preparing himself for what's about to happen. He's trying to prepare his son for it, but they have to go and kind of get Arrakis under control. Yeah, yeah. And his son is played by Timothy Chalamet, and his, well, I, I I really liked him. Yeah, I thought and, he was very um, very good. The mother is the concubine lady Jessica Atreides, who she's thought, some sort of witch. Yeah. It seems like huh? it's basically so she was raised by these witches. Yeah. The funny thing about uh, raised by witches. Frank Abair's whole kind of thing with this is he said that basically when we got out in space, there wasn't really. Humans were the only like real aliens. So all the, the planets are seeded by different humans. Um, so there's different creatures that will be there, but nothing intelligent, you know, and whatnot. But as humans have kind of evolved, they've developed sort of psychic abilities. Mm-hmm. Spice kind of enhances that. And there's this Messiah kind of subplot that deals with, you know, what, what Paul might be. But Paul's a, a, a child of House Atreides. Along with this this like kind of sect of right because there's some sort there, there's some sort of uh, I don't know thing where if if Oscar Isaac's character would have had a daughter that the daughter's descendant would have been the chosen Again, one. None of this is very clear to me in the movie. I, it's just I don't, I don't know why. I, I really don't think I it's. Mean, that's what you, they I, say it all. In the I, I I understand that. It's just the motivations of what's going on is not. Very clear to me. Were you looking at your phone while you were watching? No, I really wasn't. Then I'll I'll kind of unpack this. This is what I saw. John, you tell like I want to hear from the rest of you too. The motivations are very clear. I I don't the emperor. And again, I'm gonna make this the direct comparison to Star Wars. The emperor in this is like Palpatine in the sense that we feel his presence without ever seeing him in this first movie. Yeah. Um, It's not just that though. You knew. Hold on. There's more though. Go ahead. So the motivation is the Harkins have gotten rich. It wasn't like they, they were even said, that's one of the first lines in the movie. They were richer than the emperor, right? And yeah. so they, they've gotten massively rich and powerful because of this. Well, then why would they listen to him? Because he's the emperor. Because basically, like he, he controls the army. There, there's that, but there's also I kind of get the sense too that you know they care about money and that's about it. They don't <laughs> and the emperor, the emperor is also backed by this religious sect that's you know got some powers and they and they're kind of they show that they're kind of. Controlling things a little bit. But the Emperor also doesn't have any children. All right, so here's what I will... Anyone who's listening to this, this is what you need to obviously take away from this. You really need to be in a sci-fi to love this. You don't. I think think so. Now, (laughs) I will... You just said John's the least... I love this movie. Uh, Maybe. You 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 said he's in the the pop five. Yeah. Uh, Right, and you know what? I've been wrong before. I could be wrong now. You are. Could be. Could be. I don't think so. No, I'm right about that. I'm not saying you're going to love this movie no matter what. I'm just saying I don't think you have to. I will say this, though, like, and I told this to Glenn, a more beautiful film, I don't think I've seen filmed in quite a while. Like, the visual effects are some of my favorite I've seen in a long time because it's seamless to the shots. It's very grounded sci-fi. Yes. The concept of... uh, Like, that that I like. The military tactics, the concept of of the fact that the, the the worms are... The sandworms. Attracted by regular rhythm, uh-huh. so you have to be you hate them, right, with right. it. And then they have the, the, the drum sand, like they talk. Yeah. It's I love incredibly all that. well I mean, thought and out. And it was a lot of the stuff that you don't really see 
copied in too many other movies. No. They were like, and I like uh, the dragonfly ships. The, yeah, exactly yeah. the dragonfly ships. I love their like their body shields that they had with the thing on their wrists. See, those ship. things were bullshit. They didn't do jack shit. What do you mean? They sort of maybe bought them some time, but those shields never held up. Well, they they worked against guns. That's why they kept using knives. Oh, maybe that's yeah, why. Yeah. Okay. Which is another thing I was about to point out. I love that it's like. You have to get up close and personal to. There are elements I did. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say I hated this. I'm simply saying like, there were parts I was a little bit confused by, and I'm not a smart man. And <laughs> but you know what love is. I do, and, but again, I, I thought the movie was like a work of art, like filmmaking wise. Like, I, well, I, there were you could like pause the movie, and like oh I can we need to paint this. Like it's just it's the camera shots there, are a work of there's art. There's another film that's very much like that that I didn't like as much, but. You know, what? I would compare the Last Jedi to that. Like that, it's a beautifully shot film that you could pause any. I think this was prettier than the Last Jedi. No, I, I would agree with you. With though. the the scope and the scale that, that I think that, the Last Jedi uses colors a lot better. But like maybe this, so. This one, yeah, with like especially like this. Like the, the shots of the sand ones. Yeah, yeah. like it, this is a phenomenally shot film. Yeah, and like I said, I just Oscar Isaac impressed me a lot in this film. I mean, he's not. I wouldn't even say he's the main character. I just thought no, he was very I good. Thought in they it. all kind of did. I mean, Timothy I'll, Chalamet. Yeah, yeah, I really like Timothy Chalamet. Now, if 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 you're um, going to see this because you want to see a, a great Zendaya movie, yeah, you might yeah, want to wait. A lot of people are pissed about that. Well, I mean, because she, she's not in it. Well, because her character's the main part in the second half of the novel, so she'll be well, in the like, part. Hence, two. no one knowing this is part one until the movie well, starts. But Jason Momoa's character in the in the book series is one of the like is the main character of kind of a series. Yeah, no, all right. So when when they when they when Warner Brothers announced this was going to HBO Max, Denny Villeneuve threw kind of threw a fit and wrote this big op-ed piece saying how Dallas Villanova. He um how he he when when Warner Brothers hired him to do Dune, he wanted to do it in two parts so he can do a true um adaptation kind of like they did with the Lord of the Rings. But since the first one was so expensive, they pretty much said do what you want if it does well financially. We'll do the second one. And that's why he said, so we wanted to make this as cinematic as possible so it would make enough money to do the second one. And when they said they were putting it on streaming, he lost his mind because he thought he wouldn't be able to make part two. Well, he freaked out for no reason because almost immediately HBO was like, all right, fucking do I it. We went to go see it. The thing is, I wanted to see this in the theaters, but we went to go see it, and I was pleasantly surprised. There were hardly any seats left, so we didn't watch it in the theater. I had to watch this on HBO Max. All right. Yeah. Let's get to the grades. I'm curious about these grades. Eight. I give it eight and a half. Six. I was gonna give it an eight. I feel it. And I mean, when it ended, I like I immediately I wanted like, to I watch the next movie. Yeah. Twenty twenty. Well, that's because it, it, it ended like a Lord of the Rings movie, where it was like, okay, that they were literally in the middle of a story and it stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I wasn't expecting that going into this. I didn't know it was going to be like that. I mean, I knew they were doing a sequel, but I didn't think it was going to be like a legit cliffhanger. Like that was pretty surprising. I also wanted to talk about because we didn't we didn't mention it how how cool of like a ability the voice is. Oh, that is very cool. It's, it's a lot, lot better. Like a, See, all agree. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's like a, a psychic ability to command someone. Yeah. It's very cool. The the scene when they're him and his mom are in the in the helicopter. In the helicopter. Yeah. That's a very cool scene. I will revisit this film and then maybe follow. I, th- up I thought the, the whole sequence with the first sandworm with them trying to rescue the the spice farmers yeah, was really yeah. cool. I hate him. <laughs> you hate him too. I hate him myself. I hate him myself. <laughs> sandworm. <laughs> that would have been funny if at the very when that sandworm popped out, if Gina Davis would have been riding. I really think they're missing an opportunity for like an outtake, for like 
Michael Keaton to walk out as Beetlejuice, like in the middle of a scene, just saying, Sandworms, right? <laughs> that would be amazing. That could have been the end credits. You're right. That's what I'm saying. That would be amazing. Well, now it's time to nominate this week's Awesome Village. Gentlemen, who are your nominees and why? I am going to talk. Do you, do you want to wait till last? Or you want to it go doesn't first? matter. I don't care. My name is Greg. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to nominate Michael C. Hall because uh, he came back as Dexter and I was a little concerned and I shouldn't have been because he was back in his Dexter glory and it was it was just like watching the old show the good episodes of the old show and he was ple- I was pleasantly surprised and I can't wait to see you next week and I'm gonna go with kind of along the same lines as you I'm, and I'm gonna nominate Jennifer Carpenter um, I was kind is of is she in it a lot? Mm-hmm. yeah and, she, and I was she's th- in it like, like Harry was in yeah Harry. well I guess depending on the episode yeah. but this one he's the she's first one, one she's in the, okay yeah cool. and um, I just think she's an underrated actress I thought she was great as, uh, as, as Deb mm-hmm. um I mean, I think she's hilarious, um, but I mean, she was great in this horror movie called Quarantine, and she's pretty too. Yeah, and I mean, there's uh, the Exorcism of Emily Rose. That's a good movie. Yeah, it, which it is. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I thought she was. I was really kind of curious how her character was going to be in this new Dexter show, and I thought it was. It was. I thought it was really fascinating. And if anybody's wondering what we keep, what we keep saying, Emily Rose song. When we went and saw, I can't remember what movie we were seeing. It was Glenn quarantine. And, no, there was no, a there trailer. Was a trailer for quarantine. Oh. And Glenn and I were there watching it, and there was some other guys who worked here, and this this one guy that we know that was in there, and in the back, we watched this trailer for quarantine, and at the end of the trailer, you just hear this voice go, "That was Emily Rose, son." <laughs> Because like, the, the yeah. end of the trailer is just <laughs> it like was. he's not wrong. It's like a close up of her face and yeah. she gets dragged away. Yeah. yeah. So it's, now every time we see Jennifer Carpenter, that's Emily Rose. That, that's right up there with Sabi. She got him. Sabi, mm-hmm. <laughs> she got him. Um, do you want to go next, girl? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna nominate. I, I, I guess I mispronounced it. Anya Taylor Joy from. Uh, I think that's how you say. Oh. Well, yeah. It's I kept saying Anna Taylor Joy. Uh, Anya. But uh, she's a very like I think she's a very underrated actress. Like mm-hmm. she, you know, the the Queen's, Queen's Gambit. Gambit. Yeah, I, awesome. I, I haven't seen that. Oh, but, like, that's a good show. Everything I'm watching, she's very good. And in this this casting of her in this movie, is necessary because she needs to sell that you could you know fall in love with this it girl in the '60s, but also believe the you know what happens to the character in the yeah. movie. So, uh, yeah, like she's a phenomenal, phenomenal talent, and I can't wait to see what she does in the future. So, and also she's pretty too. Right? She is. Mm-hmm. So I'm not nominating an awesome villager. I want to talk about who I deem the village idiot. We, we don't do this anymore. We should. I, I, I mean, I, I that's what I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing what I want. It's Aaron Rodgers. Thank you, Carter. Um, he's like he's like MC Hammer. He does yeah. what he wants. So, as we all know, with the whole COVID shit and. I don't really give a shit about the vaccine and how you fall on the vaccine, whether you're a, a pro-vaccination person, you're anti-vax. It doesn't matter. I have a problem with someone who gets paid millions, millions of dollars to play a game. And they tell you you can play this game, and if you don't want to get a vaccine, that's fine, but you just got to follow these simple rules, wear a mask, Tell everybody you're not getting the vaccine and just follow our rules if you're not going to get vaccinated. That's all you got to do. You don't have to get the vaccine. And this self-centered, egotistical, arrogant motherfucker said he's immunized. When they asked him, are you vaccinated? He said yes. Period. He said yes. And then he followed it with, I'm immunized. Whatever the fuck that means. Apparently he went to like a holistic healer or some shit and got... Whatever. His face turned purple. Yeah. Kind of snake oil. 
So, like, the fact that he lied, he lied. All right. And, and I like Aaron Rodgers. I do too. He's a funny guy. He's very charismatic, but he's always had this arrogance about himself and makes you wonder about a lot of the things he's been complaining about about his situation with the Green Bay Packers. I know we're talking about sports shit now, which, you know. But he was he was the co-host of Jeopardy, so you can talk. Yeah, I'm just simply saying, like he's been bitching about his professional situation. You got to wonder now: is he full of shit about that now? Were the Packers trying to help him out, and he's just bullshitting and lying? I don't like people who like twist words around and say, "I didn't lie." I didn't say I... he did lie. He, he fucking... told you it was true from a certain point of view. No, he's not George <laughs> Lucas. Point of view. He's not George Lucas. Um, I think it's bullshit. Um, and I think it's really, it, it sucks even more that his team went out and played this past Sunday and looked like shit without him. Just, it makes him look like he's more needed, which he is. But the fact of the matter is this vaccine, I, I'm not, look, I'm pro vaccination. I'm anti mandate. That's, that's how I fall. That's just me. I don't give a shit what you do, but like, don't lie to yeah. people. That's, that's my big problem. There's no reason to lie. He's been my favorite player in the NFL besides Drew Brees for several years now. And there was like speculation about maybe next year he might come to the Saints. They might be yeah. able to get him. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm less excited about that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. Like, it, if he would have just came out and said, like, like Kyrie Irving and said, like, I don't believe in the vaccine, that's what you believe. I don't give a shit why. But at least Kyrie Irving is honest about his opinion. He said, I'm not getting it. This is why. Aaron Rodgers. He's a flat earther. He is, yeah. Aaron Rodgers just. Tried to twist people into believing something that wasn't true. I, I just, he's an asshole. He's the village idiot, according to me. All right, gentlemen, if you have to vote for someone other than your own, who would it be and why is it Aaron Rodgers? It's not him. It's 100% Michael C. Riley. Michael C. Riley? Oh, no, Michael I'm sorry. You know that guy. Michael C. Hall. Michael C. Hall. <laughs> Ryan loves him so much, he doesn't John know his name. I, I got, I got, do we cut? They have the same middle initial. Can you, we can, we can make a movie with them too. <laughs> Michael C. Hall. Where they play brothers? Yes. John C. Riley? Step Brothers too. Anyway, um, Michael C. Hall. Damn it, do it. <laughs> Where John C. Riley does something aggravating and Michael C. Hall murders him. You That's smell right. that shit, baby. <laughs> so Michael C. Hall, I thought was amazing in Six Feet Under, where he played, uh, you know, an Undertaker struggling with his homosexuality, struggling with trying to keep this Undertaker business, you know, afloat on his own, basically with his family falling apart. He was phenomenal in that underrated show on HBO, five seasons. Check it out on HBO Max. And then, yeah, on Dexter, to carry that whole show like he did, he's amazing. And I'm going to have to agree with you, and I'll have to go with Michael C. Hall because of all of that, and he makes an excellent breakfast in the opening sequence of... I love that ham, ham steak. I would have went with... with, uh, Aaron Rodgers? No, not Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. With Jennifer Carpenter, because, yeah, I I love me some Dexter, and she's a big part of that. I was going to go with Michael C. Hall, too. Um, uh, He did this one thing where he was a villain in something, I think it was called Gamer. yeah. Where they, they had this scene where I always called it the Dancing Dexter. Yeah, yes. Was, which that's a fun movie. It's it's fun, but um, yeah, he I mean he carried that show for the entire series and season series, and I'm, I'm I'm glad he's back. Yeah. Gray, this is the part where you put down your phone and wrap up the episode. Well, no, I I know, but I I thought I was letting him finish his thought, and I had a brief pause for a second. Thank you, Ryan. Put there your was... glasses beside your head and shut the fuck up. Okay. Um. <laughs> Our rivalry is fun, Ryan. Yes, please join us for uh, next week and whatnot. But also, there are many places to find us. Anchor Podcasts, Google Podcasts, a host of other platforms. You can also listen to us on 
our website, theawesomevillage.com. And anytime you do, you do help us out here. So please do that. Spread the word. Talk to your friends and tell us if we thought of it the right way. Did, did Dune really bore you like it did Ryan? Coon Dune. Different did, you, did you enjoy it? Like the rest of, you know, the fucking world. I don't think um, You know, hey, who, who knows? But And it's Denny Villainy. There you go. It's Dennis Villanova. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rian. <laughs> Rian. <laughs> Rian Johnson. <laughs> this has been Greg. John. <laughs> Ryan. We'll see you next week. Adele Dizzing. So you guys may have noticed last week a rather abrupt ending. Abrupt. Don't stop. We, would, we just believe. talked for so long. Yeah, it was we like, really it did. Was we like had the a... Sopranos. We're going to leave it up to the audience to decide why it ended. What, and, and, what do you think happened last fi- week? Were we all killed? And, and then know. in 15 years, we'll come back and tell you what happened. Yeah. I, I don't want to explain to them what's going on. Well, okay. So, I'm Glenn, by the way. Yeah. I'm John. I'm Ryan. And I'm Greg. His name is Greg. And this, name is Greg. And now we're going to talk about Dennis Villanova. You'll, you'll find out... Why the dumbass just said that in a little bit? Well, not even a little bit because this is a pretty long episode considering it's nothing but movies. Yeah, we love movies. I fucking hate movies. I figured <laughs> that was coming. But yeah, uh, sit back, relax, and uh, make sure you subscribe. <laughs>